Somebody read for me. 2 Timothy 3.16. We're going to the Bible a good bit so you guys can all look up your Bibles. All scripture is being dealt by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Awesome. Man of God, Go ahead. 17? Look at going. I'm sorry. Okay. My bad. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Awesome. So in that passage there, first you work the word into your life, right? Teach, rebuke, correct, right? Train. You begin to do the word. But notice the instruction from Paul to Timothy, right? His church planner. His, you know, his, uh, his Padawan, right, that he's training up, <laughs> he is uh, telling him, take the scriptures and work them into your own life. But then, somebody read 2 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Yep. So now, Timothy is supposed to take the word and preach it to others. But notice, chapter 3 comes before chapter 4. Right? First you work the word into your own life, you become a doer, and then you can be one who begins to proclaim it out to others. And so now, let me read Luke 11, verse 1. Luke 11, 1. Will somebody get Matthew 17, 1 and 2 ready? One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Alright, so Jesus is praying, right? And his disciples are there and they can observe what he's doing, right? And it was in such a way that they wanted to know, hey, show us how to do that, right? Somebody read Matthew 17, 1 and 2. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. Awesome. Why do you go up on a high mountain by yourselves? Why do you do that? To be alone. To be alone with God. Right? And so there is no mystery on what they are going to do. They just didn't expect the extent of the experience is what caught him by surprise, right? And so they're going to be alone with God. And so Jesus let his inner circle into his personal time with the Father. All right? Jesus let his inner circle into his personal time with the Father. This is part of discipleship. Letting your inner circle, not a huge crowd, but your inner circle, into your personal time a bit. Okay? It means sharing what you do with the Lord, with those you are discipling. Iron sharpening iron. Jesus did this with his disciples, and we can do that with one another. And so, somebody read Luke 4, 42. Early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place. The crowd searched everywhere for him, and when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them. Yep. So he would go to a desolate place, away from the crowds to get alone from the Father. So he'd let the inner circle in, Right? To that time with the Father. But he had to get away from the crowds. Okay? And social media, social media oftentimes is the crowd. Okay? <laughs> oftentimes the crowd. And so we want to make sure that we do the appropriate thing in the appropriate space. Okay? 
But there's different ways to use social media. And one of the things, first thing I'm going to do is if you don't have me, add me on Facebook. You're going to be my new Facebook friend, which means we have a deep, intimate relationship. Oh, yeah. I am going to add you to a Salt and Light uh, Facebook group I made just so we can stay connected. But you're going to have some resources I put in there, and, uh, and it'll make more sense as we go along. So go ahead and, if you have your phone, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and add me. And, uh, but you can, one of the things that our church has actually done uh, semi-well is using technology to help us with that inner circle relationship. Not the crowds or the, you know, the public space, but that inner circle discipleship, bridging some of that gap to help us uh, do discipleship. So one of the ways we do it is uh, Marco Polo, actually. I don't know if you guys know what Marco Polo is. It's like a walkie-talkie with video. But it's so easy to use, um, and it bridges the gap. So uh, this is my brother, who's a, actually a new believer. So that County Crows concert is tomorrow night. And here we are. I'm not sure we So he is actually... Oops. I'm going to keep talking because we have a limited time here, but so I'm going to, I'm going to mute him. <laughs> he's asking me a question about this thing he's facing, and uh, he is, do I not have control? You're going to make us listen to him. So, uh, he, so anyways, we use Marco Polo, and we... Uh, Use that to communicate. I have a couple of guys that I meet on Google Hangouts Wednesday morning or across the country, and we use that, and we basically ask each other three questions. What has God been saying to you? What are you doing about it? Are you a doer of the word? <laughs> and how can I help? Those are three questions. Anybody can ask that, okay? You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a theologian to ask those three questions. You're a disciple maker at that point on one condition. You're actually spending time with the Father alone on your own. And so you have something to bring to the table to those meetings, right? And that's the whole premise is are you, when you get together, have you been spending that time with the Father on your own in the Word so you have something to bring to those times? And have you been doing it? Have you been obedient? And so those three questions, what has God been saying to you? What are you doing about it? How can I help? And you can use uh, social media to help bridge that uh, technology, to help bridge that gap and, and help you make disciples. And it, it's honestly, so media, social media technology can actually be a tool, in, you know, in this day and age to help us do that. And, uh, and it's, been a huge, it's been a huge asset. It's an easy way to remind people throughout the week, hey, you know, here's what I, here's what the Lord's been saying to me. And, uh, and spur them on, oh yeah, I need to get into the Word. And so, uh, so, you know, how is that, how is that affecting you? So my first question down on the sheet to fill out really is who are my three? Who are my three? And so who is that inner circle in your life? You know, for Jesus, uh, he had three. Uh, he had, you know, Peter, James, and John. But who are your three in your life? And let me tell you this. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are a disciple, and you're a disciple maker. It's supposed to go on and on and on. The reason we're all here today is because those first disciples obeyed the Great Commission. Right? And they multiplied. And they raised up other people to make disciples. You think about Jesus' ministry. Like, it was in such an isolated, small place. You know? And when you get to the book of Acts, there's 120 people in an upper room. 120 people! Like, that was his reach. You talk about Facebook reach or Twitter, you know, who you're being exposed to. Jesus had 120 followers. You know? <laughs> and not a lot. 
But he knew what he was doing. He was doing. He's making disciples. And at the end of the day, if that's our goal to make disciples, and we can use technology to help us with that a little bit, then it becomes a good thing. It'll be much more effective. A, a real discipleship relationship will last much longer, right, than a YouTube follower. <laughs> and so we, that's, that's the ultimate goal: is making disciples. So how can I use it with my three? Next question: How can I use it with my twelve? Jesus also had the twelve, right? He had his three up on the mountain. But he also had his twelve. So for me, at my church, our 12 is our home groups. And that was this that you just saw scrolling there. Um, and uh, our home groups you know, are anywhere from 10 to 20 people. And we use social media to, uh, to stay connected. And it, like this, I don't know if you saw it there, but there were a bunch of posts that went by. This is like people in their 40s and 50s posting on, in our Facebook group. And they're like the one driving this. Like they use it way more than I do. <laughs> and I and but I'm the leader of the home group. And one of the ways I enabled them to start doing this is whenever they post, I would comment, I would like it, I would encourage it. Because if I, me as a leader, if I don't do that, they're not going to post again. They're going to be like, oh, was that okay? <laughs> was that prayer request appropriate? You know. And so like I actually engaged them and encouraged them to do it. And as I started to do that, it started taking off. And that's all I ever did. Like, I hardly post. And then they would start doing stuff. or looking forward to seeing people tonight. I was like, sweet. Me too. Like. <laughs> and, you know, and then one lady started, uh, I don't want to do everything in my home group. You know, and so one lady started posting, hey, who's bringing a snack tonight? And I started, hey, awesome. Keep that up. <laughs> you know, like that post. <laughs> yeah, who's bringing a snack? <laughs> and uh, she started, just took it over. It's great. You know, and that all happened kind of through social media. And so, like, you can, I, like, to me, that one's like a no-brainer. Home groups, and, like, who here is in a home group or a small group in, in your church? Okay, a lot of you guys are. Like, using it for that. And enabling people in your group to take ownership and control that. Just another way to connect and encourage people. And here's the great thing. There's so much junk on Facebook, but when you're a part of a group that you're active in, like, it pops up pretty often in your feed. And now there's something positive happening on your Facebook post, too. So, hey, that's like a win-win to me. And so how can I use social media uh, you know, in that capacity in those small groups? This is all private, right? This is a private group. This doesn't go public. We're not trying to score points you know, on the Internet. And so it's just for us. It's just internal. And so, uh, so what are some ways that you, know, you can use that to do that? The next thing we're going we're to talk about here is being present in your community. And so somebody read Acts chapter 2, verse 47. Acts chapter 2, verse 47. Um, when they asked me to do this, I'm like, I'm not qualified to do this, so I went and found some experts. 
to help bring um, some more things to the table. And this gentleman, he was worked at Amazon.com for seven years. He was a pastor for nine years doing church planning, and now he's kind of he's not doing that anymore. Now he's bringing his two worlds together, doing websites and social media for churches. And he does ours. I'll show you some of the stuff that best practices we're doing there to be present in our community. But one of the things he's going to talk about is uh, is just showing what is inherently beautiful about God's church and what He's doing in those churches. And and some of those things, showing some of those things on social media is a great thing. It's, it's, it's one of those things as we praise God and we in, just impact our communities in positive ways, that just showing some of that is a really positive thing. And so I'm going to, what, what my ask is as you watch this video, I want you guys to think about what is my church doing that is inherently beautiful? What is God doing in my church that would be appropriate to share on social media in a healthy way? That would make a positive, uh, be a positive listening back there. So let's see what Aaron has to say. Well, I think um, most pastors that I know myself, you know, from that time, and then my friends, are in an interesting predicament. When they're in the shepherding, I like to say, not my church, my church is normal, but you know what I mean? The normal sized church, half of the churches in our country are 75 people on Sunday or less, okay? And, and um, those. Folks, uh, when you shepherd a church of that size, we're in this kind of constant predicament where you know there are some opportunities, there are some things around you, things like how good should my website be, how good should my social media presence be. You know that that stuff is there. And two, there are things that the scriptures explicitly is that quieter or louder? that you want to be about. Things like prayer and preaching and, um, and personal evangelism, uh, praying for the sick, and, and those kinds of things. Um, and so you, you're kind of constantly um, maybe feeling a little bad that you're not taking taking advantage of these opportunities, um, and, but at the same time trying to prioritize things that are there. Now, from my perspective, I can see and just have, have followed this whole time what's happening technologically in those opportunities that are there. And I, I feel like we're in a unique time in history, um, a, a, a unique cultural point. I don't actually know how long it will last, but the fact that you could say, you know, record a, a testimony of someone's and literally drop it into the public square of your community with relative ease and not, and it's just not very expensive to do so, or you can invite thousands of people in your community to come participate in something that you're doing right now is pretty amazing to me. Right. Um, the fact that you could equip people in your church, just speaking of, of social media, um, to, to really share their faith in a way that is non-threatening. Now, of course, none of this replaces personal friendship and evangelism at all. But the, the fact that you can give your, your folks a chance to say, hey, I was really blessed by this scripture. I was really blessed by this sermon. Why don't you, you know, listen to it? Um, it's a unique thing, I think, in our time. Right. Yeah, it's definitely unique. So what, let's, let's have some fun. <laughs> what are some things that churches do wrong on social media? <laughs> this may be a little bit controversial, Okay. Um, if you look at what, what I would consider to be overall cultural problems that we have with social media, 
which is, and we were just joking about this before because I was trying to aim my camera in some way that doesn't show that my office is a mess. You know? um, but the problems being, I'm going to make everything look as though my life is just fantastic and amazing all the time. And I'm going to kind of gloss over, or I'm going to over-dramatize everything in my life. Uh, basically bring everything to the extremes. Um, sometimes I see churches and church leaders doing that. And to be honest, I think some pastors out there are reluctant to even engage in social media because of that. Because they don't want to do the picture where it looks like there's 5,000 people worshiping in their church every Sunday when the truth is is, is not not that. And so there's like this um, kind of insecurity, personal insecurity that plays out over social media all the time. And sometimes churches engage in that. And I don't think that we need to. So like, with, with you, you know, because we just finished it with our, our website product, we sent a photographer out to the church because we think what happens on every Sunday is spectacular. It doesn't need to be 5,000 people. The, the, the thing that's happening to one person is amazing. And, uh, and the scriptures are amazing. The testimonies of people are amazing. And the things that God puts on the hearts of normal, everyday pastors every week to save their congregations are amazing. So I don't think we need to do any of that. But I do see it out there. You know, when I would preach, you know, I was also like the media guy. I was the one recording the sermons or I was the one. We started doing Facebook Live so we could make it honestly just easier. I just was instantly up and had to do anything. And so, but then when I would go to preach... I wouldn't turn on Facebook Live because I felt like I was being like, arrogant or showy or like, I'm not going to like start the camera and then walk to the podium. Right? <laughs> felt wrong. <laughs> and so like, I understand like why a pastor would even, even if he has the 5,000 people that are worshiping, not want to take the picture because right. you look like you're trying to glorify maybe something other than Jesus. <laughs> right. That's right. But, but, but that's the key right there is that I think just like anything else in the church, it has to be about, about our, our actual mission, right? It has to be about that. I don't think it's compelling for, to say the more you have to convince people to do A to get to B to get to C to get to D to get to E to get to and then they're going all the way down these steps and that connects to our mission. I think that, that's just, you're, no, nobody's going to want to follow you in that. And it's not compelling. It's not compelling to my heart at all. Right. What's compelling to me is a rock solid certitude that God is working in his church. And that what he is doing in his church is inherently beautiful and compelling. That the word of God, that the, the scriptures are inherently beautiful and compelling. And so um, I, I don't need to convince myself to send that photographer in or to load up, you know, posts of scripture for, for our client churches because I just, I, I'm excited about that, right? Because this is going to go out to, you know, this church and all their friends and, and be such an opportunity. Um, I think that's, that's kind of the vision that you need to cast. I think that um, if you are uncertain as to whether what God is doing is, is beautiful or worthwhile, uh, no matter what your church looks like, then you're going to have a hard time with this. But if you know, this, this stuff is amazing. And you're right, I think it probably is a little easier for me, as it, and I get this very privileged place where I'm outside of the church helping them, and so I, and I have the, the experience, you know, to, to be able to see it, you know. Um, 
But I, I do, I do believe almost in every area that our culture allows for. You and I talked about the diversity that's there in the summit, and it's not the kind of diversity where you guys had to go and say, okay, we're going to have ten slots, and four of these are going to be this, and two of these are going to be nothing like that. This is what God does, right? And that's inherently amazing. It's inherently a miracle, and so. Uh, proclaiming that and kind of using this digital media to proclaim that is incredible. Yeah. So next question. You guys set up a cadence for us. Mm-hmm. And that was honestly one of my favorite things you guys did. Nice. We, you know, we, we actually had a cadence. It just wasn't a good one. <laughs> mm-hmm. So talk to me about your philosophy behind the cadence. For, for us, it's about what what is the heartbeat of this church and how do we pull out little things that we can share in the heartbeat of the church. So, you know, um, for you guys, what we did is we put together every week, there's a quote from one of the authors that's shaped you, you know, something really meaty, something that, um, you know, is, is appropriate broadly. So every week one of those comes out. Yeah. Okay, so we've covered a lot of ground. What else? You're, you have a room, there's going to be pastors here, there's going to be church leaders here. What would you want to say to them? We want to see this realm of social media in, in some sense like you would with your kids. So I have teenagers. Um, as much as I would love to destroy their phones and iPads and go live on a mountain somewhere and never deal with any of this stuff again, because it is hard. It's just hard to navigate, you know. Uh, I'm not young enough that all, all of this has just come perfectly quick to me. Um and though sometimes it seems like that, I'm just not going to be on any of these things. Um, I'm not sure that I, I'm not sure that this isn't a part of discipleship now, you know, because it is part of our world now. Whether we like it or not, it's where your people live now. Maybe you're called, you know, to instruct your people to remove from this stuff completely. I don't know, but if you're not, you probably want to engage somehow. And uh, you and I were talking. I don't like conferences where you come away and you've got, you know, three tons on your, of, of weight on, more weight on your back and you're just burdened by all the things now that you have to do. And I don't want this to be that. Right. But maybe pray and seek the Lord and how do I engage in this? Just like I would with my own kids, the answer is not to take them out of it completely because they're being called to be put in the world. So how do we do this well? How do we do this right? And, and take the small steps, you know? You don't have to do it like everybody else does it, but take the small steps. All right. So what is inherently beautiful about your church? I think one of the beauty of this approach for churches is we're not asking you to do something new. I'm not asking you to be a social media genius and create some new content for the purpose of social media only. Right? What we're, what we're doing is using social media as it's supposed to be used and share what you're already doing. Right? And so that's part of the beauty of it. If you look at uh, what we do, this is our so this is our church Facebook page. We have a quote, there's a William Wilberforce quote, there's a church, there's a face, there's an event, you can invite people there, there's a scripture from the sermon on Sunday. Uh, there's a sermon message, you can go and listen to it. Uh, there is an invitation to, to join us, it's supposed to be around our mission statement. Uh, and then uh, there's another quote there. So we have a cadence set up where one day a week it's a quote of the week. And this is all stuff from people that have impacted 
you know, us. So you have, you know, uh, you know, God uses broken things. It takes broken soil to produce a crop. Broken clouds to give rain. Broken grain uh, to give bread. Broken bread to give strength. And so I, was, I think I was Vance Havner, influencer Brian, right there. <laughs> and so we're showing things. Yeah. Can you explain cadence a bit better? Is it something that automatically update, uh, uploads, or something that you weekly going in? Okay, I'm making sure. I'm These are all scheduled posts yeah. that will that will post. So you have you have a game plan for every day of the week, essentially. And so, but it's really simple because it's, we're not overthinking it. So, so Tuesdays is our quote day, right? So every Tuesday, I could, I could schedule that out for like two months, right? Just go quote, 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 Tuesday, 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 boom, all done. And then I'm going to have on, you know, Wednesday, the sermon's going to get posted, right? And then on Thursday is something in our vision statement. Boom, just pull it from the website. Boom, there it is. And you just schedule it out. Yeah. So do you schedule it so it does it itself? Or yeah, do you, you have can someone schedule. who... So for us, I actually used that Aaron Youngreen, Great Commission Design. He made me an offer I couldn't refuse. I found him on the nice. internet. And uh, I ended up talking to him. And it, he's like, it's dirt cheap, I think. So he's worked at Amazon. So his goal is to reach like as many churches as he possibly can, get the price as low as he can. He's, he's worked at Amazon for seven years. And he was a former pastor. So uh, he has deals where he'll do the website and all the updating. And he updates it like that uh, for like uh, 25 bucks a month. Like, it's, like when I say dirt cheap, it really is. And so for us, our social media, and he does our social media and our Facebook. And I, we pay him uh, about 100 bucks a month uh, for that. But with what we do, like I can text message him. I don't have to do any heavy lifting. I never have to touch social media. Yeah. And he does it for us. But you guys, if you have people that do it, Yes, they go in there and they just schedule the post. And so, um, uh, for us, we needed, we're an army of volunteers, by and large, at the summit. Brian, you know, has been, you know, paid, you know, paid staff for the last two years as well. So, uh, for us, it was easier to do it this way. And I recommend it, too, honestly. Uh, but if you have somebody that's, like, in charge of your Facebook that has the time to go in there and schedule the post out, yeah, you, you schedule them out so they hit at the right times and do all those kind of things as well. But we're sharing, like, this is us. Like, this isn't, like, us trying to think what would work on social media. This is stuff that's impacted us. This is stuff we're already doing. We're just sharing us. And, um, and that's all we're doing. If you look at our website, uh, and this is what a website should, should look like, it, you feel like, as you scroll through this, you get some, some vision statements there, but you feel like you get to know us. You know, here's our leaders. Uh, on, the, on a computer, there's a video that plays in the loops at the top. Um, and so you can find out our statement of belief, and uh, and so but you get a bunch of great pictures of what it looks like when you come to our church on Sunday. And so by the time you, you scrolled through our our page, you felt like you kind of visited our church. But everything as well is designed. Everything is designed sort of with a call to action, essentially. It's designed to get people past the website and talking with somebody. And so uh, that's the goal, just connecting with people. So whoever that you're going to be responsible for that connection, though, has to be somebody who's going to respond and make relationships and meet with people and and do those type of things. And so... um, so yeah, so but the question is, what is what is inherently beautiful, you know, about uh, our church? What are we already doing that would be appropriate to share uh, on Facebook? Something uh, that pastors can do as they want to grow uh, out into social media, and you probably need a little team around you to help you with this, um, or something like, uh, uh, you know, 
Aaron that I use to help you post this stuff, but Nguiza uh, Kanla, who's one of our pastors in our Salt and Light Network and church planner extraordinaire, uh, he, he uh, recommended this method to us and uh, where you take the content you're already creating and you turn it into different forms of content. So you take your sermon that you preached, and that's one post. You take a, a clip from your sermon, that's another post. You take one point from your sermon and turn it into a blog post. You take one quote from your sermon and turn it into you know, an image on, on Facebook. And now you just got five things out of something you already produced and spent time on. <laughs> and now you're impacting your community. And so uh, you know, I, you know, that's an easy way for pastors um, and people who are already producing. You know, I, I hate to say it this way, but in some ways, pastors are by far better communicators, like almost like professional communicators compared to a lot of what's out there. And it'd be great to see some of their meaty biblical content get out there on uh, social media versus some of the, you know, Fox News opinion articles they could share around. So, nothing against Fox News. Yeah, go ahead. A good example of that is, have you ever been on Desiring God's Instagram? Uh, I'm currently Desiring God. I'm not, I'm not an Instagrammer. Okay. I'm, I'm well, to my shame. Go ahead. If you're on Instagram, <laughs> Desiring God, they do a really good job of that. Okay. Where they either post the scripture and then they'll. Right, just a write-up on the scripture, yeah. or they'll take a sermon from yeah. John Piper or whatever, or a quote, yeah. or, and that's it. But it's super engaging. And, yeah. All right, let me ask you guys, is there anybody here that has like a cadence that they do at their church, anything like this at all, that they want to share with you? It's okay if you do, if you don't. But... Yeah, thanks for sharing that. That's great. How many, what other platforms are you uh, using? We are on Instagram. We might be on some others. I probably should know this. Uh, I don't. Again, I don't have to do it. Uh, so we had some young people that started us on Instagram, but now you know we use that service to push it to all of them. And and he posts it natively. If you post it natively on all of them, you'll get better. Uh, you'll get better reach with it. Uh, you know, Facebook is a business, and they when you post on your Facebook page, it goes to like one percent of your audience because they want you to pay to reach the people who follow your page. <laughs> And, uh, but if you can have a cadence and you get people looking and going there, finding the sermons there and those type of things, you'll naturally, and they'll start sharing it, you'll start reaching their circles because it doesn't do that to the personal pages. Yeah. Ask an additional question. Yeah. yeah. So have you done a look at the metrics? Like, do you find traction? How many people in your, in your uh, congregation are actually uh, subscribing to this? Have you seen anyone come to the congregation from, uh, Getting on the Facebook page first? Uh, we've had people reach out to us on Facebook for sure saying, hey, we saw this event, this ladies' retreat, we'd like to go, um, which is really bold, but people are like that nowadays. Uh, and so we've had things like that. We've One of the neat things that actually happened, just happened, was people started reviewing our Facebook page. Like they visit our church and then they'd go on Facebook and like give us, we had all five star reviews. There's only like 15 of them, but like for us as a small church, it's a lot. Uh, and one, so there's this lady one Sunday, she comes to our church, everybody's really nice to her, she has, she's a, like a single mom, she had several kids, she ends up kind of leaving the service early, or just like, oh, like, I think, you know, she felt like her kids maybe were a handful, and we kind of felt like, oh man, like, uh, we wish I would have went, went a little better, she goes to our Facebook page and gives us a five-star review and says, uh, you know, this church was so welcoming, I loved it, I'll definitely be back. And I was like, sweet, like, that went, <laughs> praise God, that went way better. We wouldn't have known that if it wasn't for social media. Right. Uh, yeah. You might have already said this, um, but the way that you use 
like specifically with the Summit Church, your different social media platforms, are you trying to reach your church community or are you trying to reach the outside community? So with with this is more about just being uh, present. So, the, so it's, it's, a, it's a both and. So like the sermons are obviously primarily, unless they still people sharing them, is more of a service to our own people. And uh, maybe a little bit in some of those circles. But uh, the Facebook events is the one that we use to reach the community uh, at this point by and large. It's, it's one of the greatest tools because what's, what's great about it, and you got to train your people to do it, is they go on there and you, they invite people directly. They just go, think, invite, 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 invite. And you can reach a lot of people really fast doing that. If you just stand up on a Sunday and say, everybody pull out your smartphone and follow along, and we're doing this big outreach to our community, and now I want you to start go look at your friend list and hit invite, 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 invite. That's one of the ways we do it. We've also done some things where we've used the Facebook marketing engine and pushed out. Uh, when we had Ron Cantor come, we did that and uh, to get out to the community. We've done some <coughs> pro-life measures as well when there is some political uh, pro-life stuff going on in our community, and we had some success with that too. Sorry, another yep. Facebook and Instagram are very different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they reach different demographics yeah. usually. Yeah. Um, and like you said that you use the Cadence platform to feed into your Instagram. Yeah. Um, but your Instagram is reaching a very different demographic than your Facebook is reaching. Um, would you consider doing your Instagram differently to reach the demographic that's on Instagram because you live in a college-filled city. Yep. Um, those students, most of them aren't on, Inst- or on Facebook anymore. Yep. Um, so using your Instagram in a different way that will reach that demographic because that's usually what you're in. Have you considered that? Yeah, so there's, there's two things. One is these... Uh, platforms, they like consistency and they reward consistency uh, with their algorithms. And so uh, with a cadence, you're kind of, you're setting that baseline. And then I would say you could probably keep that pretty similar across platforms because we're not posting anything really wordy yet with any of that stuff right there. Um, But then on top of it, once you go on top of that and you start, and and this is kind of where we get into the next point, is the key, one of the, the best thing to share on social media is stories. And the way you share those stories on the platform is going to look a lot different. So, like, Instagram, you can't do the exact same thing on Facebook that you do on Instagram and, um, and, and whatnot. And so that's when, I, when you start getting into that, like, real meaty content of something you produce, a testimony or something else, is when I would start really catering to the platform on how we promote it. Or take it and, again, change it into different yeah. platforms. And so, so, yes, I think that's really smart. Yeah. Sorry, another question for you. Uh, have you guys talked at all about uh, social media uh, releases on parishioners? I mean, if you're posting up images uh, during services, do you have anyone who's texting about that? I actually don't want them to. We, when we had the photographer come, we announced it. And so, uh, and then uh, other things we do are really, really obvious. So, baby dedication, we take your picture, and uh, stuff like that. And so, uh, so we do try to be, and I, and I just, I just, we're small enough, I know our people. Yeah. One last, one last thing, guys. If you go, when I, I'll add you, if you, if you follow, if you become my Facebook friend. Uh, 
Uh, if you join that group there, we need to get to it, but I have a video of a gentleman who goes to our church, he makes his living off YouTube, he has 1.4 million YouTube followers, and we have a conversation on how to, on, on how to reach uh, people on social media. What kind of, what's his channel? He plays video games. For middle school boys. Yeah, he has 1.4 middle school, million middle school boys followers. Yeah, thank you guys.